Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Climbing Up a Broken Ladder by Dumbwaiter, featuring my pal Nick Kreider on guitar. The song comes from their new album, Gauche Gists, which you can hear coming soon. I had a pirate-themed birthday party. I don't know how old I was, maybe maybe four or five. But the neighborhood, my next-door neighbor showed up as Peter Pan, and I remember that was really disappointing to all the pirates. And we, uh, <laughs> we tied him up to the tree for it outside. <laughs> and the other one I remember slightly before that was um, whitey tighties, cowboy boots, and soared through the whitey tighties. And I think those are the earliest I can remember. Yeah, like the all- sword, like it, like in down the back, or how, how was that? Oh, just- through the side. Um, Through the side, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of a classic. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of times it's, you know, just like the shirt. But, you know, if you're not wearing a shirt, then, you know, you just, you got to find us a, a, uh, a, what's what's the term, scabbard? Yeah, you got to make your own uh, sheath or whatever, as, as, as it were. Um, so, yeah. I, th- I just, I don't know. I just imagined some uh, ridiculous, like, child logic of, like, going, like, in the hole and out the other side or something. Like, this is, I have children, so this is not something that would surprise me if I saw something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Just like, why why did you do that? Um, but, yeah. I feel I, I I remember one more now that we're thinking about now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, I at a flea market touched uh, touched a um, workout bicycle and it fell apart. And I remember my dad was super angry and made us leave real quick. And it's such a small moment, but I feel like it stayed with me so long. That's like I'm I'm still like afraid to touch the thing at the at the market. <laughs> like what kind of what kind of like um bike are we talking about like like you know they didn't start making them i don't think out of like you know like you see them now and they're all i mean just they look like you know yeah, the, plastic the metal and so so it just i mean it was just like bang and and was your dad kind of like we got to get out of here before anybody finds out or, or like, I, I think that was his response. <laughs> but to me, it was like, uh, just terror. Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember what, what actually broke. I just remember something went wrong and it was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's too bad, but it definitely makes sense that you would go there in, in your head because like, you know, that's the thing is it, it, like all our parents were probably like at some point, like, 
don't touch anything in here. Like you break something, then I'll have to, you know what I mean? Like I'll have to pay for it. Or, you know, like we have, I I say that to my cats all the time, (laughs) but it's like, you know, the reality of the situation is like, you, I mean, in the store, you can practically break whatever you want, you know, just don't break it once you paid for it. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know how this flea market operates, but that's, oh my you goodness. know, if you go to that, a Walmart, that, just, just have at it, break something, you know, for fun. <laughs> that actually, I worked at Starbucks a, a long time ago and my, I was a, a shift supervisor and another shift supervisor was working and was telling me about how uh, a kid came in and broke something and he went up to the kid and was like, Oh, excuse me. Like you stop, stop what you're doing. You're breaking stuff. And the mom got super angry and wound up getting the district manager involved. And he had to apologize, write a written apology to them saying that, that uh, he was sorry for asking them to stop breaking things. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, you know, I, I mean, obviously nobody, <laughs> nobody's like gets to go over and, you know, like be mean and, and whatnot, but like just being like, you need to stop that. And the, the parent whose responsibility it is to make sure that that kind of behavior doesn't happen <laughs> is like, I'm offended. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. It's. That- it's different. It's different now. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I also obviously don't think that like, you know, any, any, uh, buddy should, you know, behave the way that, you know, my parents sometimes did when you acted up. Let's just like, Oh no, you better just keep acting up. Cause you're already in for it. Like you might as well <laughs> like make it worth your time, you know, just like, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the, um, the 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 Peter Pan thing was also very like you said the way you said it like so casually like we tied we tied him to the tree for it so, like I'm guessing this was part of like the game like this was this was in good yeah. fun not like you yeah know. yeah well you know kids sometimes don't know the the like the social etiquette, I guess. Yeah. And so, you know, we're having fun, but in hindsight, looking back to it, and we're still good friends. It was just like, Oh, remember that time that, you know, we took it too far as children. Yeah. That could have been, (laughs) that could have been um, perceived as very, very cruel, you know, but it was just like, it was like, what did you think? Like you're Peter Pan and we're all Captain Hooks over here. I mean, this is, this is what's happening. Um, But yeah. um, You know, um, I wish I I never had like a costume like or any kind of themed um, parties like growing up. I mean, I, I, I don't know, like my kid a couple years ago, like he was like, like, cause, um, you know, they, uh, they like now, like you can just get on the internet and you can see like fan shirts that would have never existed, you know, cause of places like on demand print, like society six or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my kid will think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to ask for like a Castlevania themed, you know, like they don't make Castlevania theme, like, you know, parties. And so like, you know, here I am like printing out like, you know, the best quality, like Castlevania, I'm making like a Castlevania banner and I'm, I'm, I'm like gluing like, um, sheets of paper to balloons that I blew up. It was like, you know, but I don't know, you know, we did what we could, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, like, that sounds like a pretty good time. Um, 
you know, we, we did a lot of, I'm sorry. No, go, go for it. Go for it. We, we, we actually did a lot of those as a, as a kid. I felt like we did like, I, I feel like I had a lot of the like different theme things until like maybe uh, a, like a year or two before double, double digits. And then like one time nobody came and then I'm, you know, also you just forever don't want to party ever again. But I remember <laughs> like a handful of, uh, a handful of different like themed parties. And I think it was like, my mom was also just like really into it. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, yeah. My, I mean, my partner's definitely like really into like trying to make costumes and stuff. So like I could see, you know, it's like, like if your mom was really into that and just like, it's almost at some point it's like, what do you like? What do you want to do? And it's like, oh, whatever. And then mom is like, all right, this is what we'll do, you know. Or uh, everybody's gonna be a frog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, that's actually gonna be my one from this year. Since um, <laughs> since we're talking about, I'm gonna make up for lost time. Um, <clears throat> so like, other than you know, like uh, coordinating birthday parties and uh, and uh, doing Mission Impossible runs out of the. Uh, antique store um were mm -hmm. your parents like musical at all no not at all um but i guess my dad would sing a little bit but i think if you ask my dad uh well, you know what did you listen to you know ever uh he would be like you know sometimes the radio was on and you're like okay well which which one did you like? And he's like, I don't know who was who. And then every once in a while he would hear something. I was like, I know that one. I, I, I don't, I definitely didn't get any of, uh, I think it was more of my neighbors around me. Uh, we all from pretty young were passing around some pretty like weird and heavy stuff. Um, but I don't think my parents were a part of it. If anything, they were like, uh, keeping me away from the drum set and I play guitar, but I, uh, keeping me away from the drum set or, you know, not getting that record and stuff. So I think I'm just lucky about, you know, my friend family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's really wild though. Like, you know, you, you said like, um, Oh, I don't, I don't know who sings that, but you know, like every word, like that's such a, uh, that's such an, an experience from like a certain time, you know, that I don't know if people really, if that's a thing that really happens like as much anymore, you know, like, um, just, you know, you can just stop a song like on your device or whatever mm -hmm. and ask it like who's singing this song or whatever, you know, but it's like, I definitely like, there's just songs that'll come on playlists or whatever. And I'm like, we don't have to take our clothes off, you know, or whatever. And like, I don't know who sings it, but it's great. I'm like, you know, I knew this song like growing up or whatever. And um, yeah, my kids will routinely be like, how do you know all these songs? It's just like, I don't know. That's just how it was. Like the radio, you know, the radio. radio that's it. Then eventually did, MTV and whatnot. But um, did you ever uh, tape? Uh, your favorite shows on the radio. I, I, I did that all the time. Uh, yeah, we used to, we used to like try to like make mixtapes off the radio, you know, like, mm -hmm. and yep. so every song had like the first five seconds missing or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, some, sometimes uh, if it, it I, I seem to remember there being like one, like sort of like, um, 
hard rock station that would play like it would have like a metal hour and by metal i mean like docking so it's mm-hmm. like it's not like metal metal but like you know i'm you know a lot of people would call it like glam or you know hair metal or whatever not glam because i think that's different but but um yeah and i mean that's how i mean honestly like my dad played guitar growing up but that's honestly how i got turned on to like guitar music really is just like bands like that like you know, and then from there, you know, like you said, like friend groups and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you uh, remember being like one of the first bands that you like really connected with? Oh, uh, it sounds really cliche, but uh, it was the Zeppelin and the Nirvana. Okay, uh, the, those were the first two where uh, I think I really. Uh, started having my own musical identity um yeah i think so i mean my first my first tape was uh, that ch- the chumba wumba one with the squish face uh okay. i can't think of the name chumba wumba and led zeppelin three uh and then i got a bleach uh, or i got a, a bleach cd i think uh-huh. yeah it's I mean, you said cliche, and I was just thinking about, like, I never liked Zeppelin growing up, but then one time I was living in Ohio, like, with my cousin, and then everybody was, like, at work, and there was these neighbors that always got high, and I went over there and got really high, and then they put on, like, a Led Led Zeppelin-like video, and I was like, they really are great, you know? So, (laughs) (laughs) So, like... Yeah, I mean, talk about cliches, but uh, yeah, I was like, wow, they really are great. Um, and then when I started, like, playing drums later, then I, like, really understood the appeal of, like, Bonham, you know, and stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, from somebody that listens to just, like, you know, like, it's like SoCal, like, Epitaph, Fat Records, Punk, like, as a mm-hmm. teenager and you just you just hear that d beat all the time you know boom pop and you're like mm-hmm. that's fast like that must be harder than john bonham you know or you know whatever like ignorant like ideas you have about it and then later you know you you're like oh a d beat's really not like i mean it's fun to play and it's like i mean it's it's, cha- it's I love challenging a good yeah i mean it's challenging <laughs> in its way but then you like realize like it's not the only beat out there. <laughs> you know? Sometimes, sometimes uh, certain people might try to prove you wrong, uh, but uh, it's it's really not. Um, Zeppelin definitely has some crazy crazy moments. Uh, I can't I can't listen to them anymore, but uh, uh, they definitely are you know helped form who I am uh, yeah. quite a bit. Uh, and I think shortly, shortly thereafter, I was getting into hardcore. I, I grew up in uh, Northern Virginia, and for some reason, the hardcore metal community just decided that that was a spot that uh, they were all going to stop in. And uh, I was just seeing, you know, everybody was coming to to me as a teenager. Yeah, and I was just going to all, all the shows and trying to start all the bands, but. Yeah. Like what? Um, what town was that? Uh, Fredericksburg. Oh, okay. Virginia. Yeah. Had yeah. A, a couple of pretty cool. Uh, I think 
I think um, Casey is still going, but I don't, you know, everybody who was booking these things uh, kind of moved on and moved to Richmond or DC or just anywhere. But uh, I mean, we were getting crazy festivals and there was several shows a week, which to me now thinking about such a small town in between cities, uh, having, you know, that much access was pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is, especially, you know, like considering like where I'm coming from, like you'd think because there's a, there's a campus like 10 minutes from my house where like used to have shows all the time, um, in my old house. Like, and this campus brings in like 40,000 students like every year. And it's just like dead. There's just nothing because it's just like not that kind of school, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like engineering students and, you know, um, it, and, uh, you know, but then there's, there's this, you know, this town, like, like you're describing, which is just like, it, it seems more like, uh, uh, a spot between spots, but you can have like this really vibrant thing happening. I know that's very, that's very cool. And I know that like, you know, like I've known, I've known people that are like from there that went on to like play in bands like right now and stuff like the, some mm-hmm. of the people in infant Island and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like that had obviously an effect, like not just like on you, but it like still has effect like on the music that's, coming out in Virginia and stuff. And that's, I don't know, that's really cool. For sure. I mean, it was uh, maybe maybe eight or ten years of that. And then uh, I don't know what they're doing now. I think they're starting to have some shows come back. I live in Richmond, Virginia now. And uh, I know, I think one of the main bookers that was there is here now. And I don't think they book anymore. I actually used to be a booking agent too, and I don't book anymore. But uh Uh, I, I, it was also cool because I like got an opportunity as a, well, maybe 16, 17, 18 year old to play with a lot of these people too. And I just feel like really, really lucky to have experience in front of people in, uh, and a community like willing to give kids shots at, you know, trying stuff out. Yeah, for sure. Um, going back a second though, like, uh, you know, you said before, like, your parents were, like, you know, sort of, like, trying to deter you from, like, I mean, I, you know, you didn't go into it too much, but you made it sound like they were trying to deter you from playing music. Um, what was the, like, what was the thing that, you know, turned that around? And, like, how did you, you know, start playing music initially? Um... They, I think they now accept that's what, that's what I'm trying to do, (laughs) but I don't think they were ever, they're ever like, I do some, maybe some, uh, prettier solo stuff that they're, they're they're kind of into, but they're, I I don't know how supportive of, of like avant-garde metal and hardcore they are. Mm Uh, I, I think once again, is like the, the, people within like a mile of where I lived growing up, like somebody getting a drum set and, you know, me borrowing somebody's guitar and just kind of, um, 
kind of diving into it and, and starting, you know, garage bands all over the place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they were, they did give me an amp once that was, that was very supportive of them. I'm trying not to discredit them too much. They were, you know, they obviously didn't want me to be in, in the hardcore community. <laughs> <laughs> was it like, um, did they think that everybody was just like a bad influence, like that people were up to no good, stuff like that? Or was it just like, you look, because you need to do well in school and make something of yourself kind of thing or a little bit of all do, that? A bit of all that, but definitely do well in school and make something of yourself. I mean, I was I was the 15-year-old, 16-year-old driving to D.C., going to Richmond going to the shows and, you know, spending way too much, uh, not one, well, not in my opinion, but I, to some people's opinion, way too much time going, going to shows mm-hmm. and, uh, playing music. You know, I, I really, um, was infatuated with it pretty much as, as soon as, as soon as I started getting into it. Yeah. And this like is, was the first show that you went to, was that like a, like a, a small place, like, you know, looking like right at the, you know, band and, and chatting with them afterwards, like was, was that your introduction to this whole thing? Just like straight away or. Man, I can't remember. I, th- I think maybe the first one was at a skate park. Okay. Um, I, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I've been to, I've, uh, like I, I was saying, I was running a venue for a while and I was going to so many shows there. They're all just blurring together. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know which yeah. one. But it's always been like, that kind of like these intimate shows, like not like, you know, the performer on the 15 foot stage, like hundreds of feet away and stuff. Like you've known like what DIY was since you started playing. Oh yeah, I I yeah. I've still have never been to a, a stadium show. Oh really? I, <laughs> I like uh, I uh, we have I probably the biggest one I went to a show in Denver that was uh, thirty five hundred people, which is a ton. Oh okay. To me. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I've never but, been to like a stadium show either, but yeah, I've been to a spot like that, like you know where it's like. bad religion you know or whatever and so yeah Yeah. it's it's filled out quite a bit you know but not like you know uh something like enormous you know yeah i mean the the first space the kc's in in fredericksburg it was like maybe a 300 person place but the majority of the spaces i was playing in was like friends garages and Mm -hmm. um Oh, the the VFW is that I forget. Yeah, some sure. the, the you know the clubhouse or whatever uh-huh. in uh, uh, Richmond. It w- was I mean I think they're building it back up. Was really extensive in house shows. Um, so I was going going to them as a teenager as well.
Do you remember the first show that you played? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the place was. It was in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, and there was a hardcore band. I can't remember. And then like a, a pretty standard metal band. And I remember seeing my parents, they poked their head through the window and, and then turned around and went home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, my mom's only ever been to one of my shows also. I mean, I haven't, like, lived anywhere near her in quite a long time, but it's like, yeah, she hasn't been to a show since I was, like, you know, 17. Like, and uh, it's funny because it's like my mom, like, never drinks, and and uh, the show was at a bar where it's like I don't know how – this was like legal. I mean, it's Florida. I mean, I don't know if it was legal, but like, you know, we were all like, it was just like you, you put on a, a bracelet or whatever. And that says you're not allowed to drink, you know? So all these people are, all these kids are in there. And <laughs> my mom came to this one show and I looked over and, and she was drinking one of those like, you know, Seagram's cooler things or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, my mom doesn't drink, you know, she drank like half of it and she was like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like the first and last, you know, that was, uh, that'll do it. I don't need to listen to this. But uh, I don't know, I can't blame it. You know, we were terrible, of course, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I... We're still terrible. My bands are still, no. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it it's funny it's funny like how that you know works out and like i don't know like when you were learning how how did you start learning guitar like what uh like where where were we at as far as like technology like were um you know were like were we already in the like you can like was it guitar tabs from a magazine? Was it YouTube videos? Was it a friend showing you? Or um, I got some in a magazine, uh -huh. and I would download. I think it was Tab Crawler, uh, the website okay. that had people guessing at tabs for um, for all the bands, and you could look it up. Uh, I did that, and. Uh, just going back and forth between friends. I did take, uh, a friend taught me for a little bit, uh, maybe, maybe like half a year or so. And I think, um, a lot of like my jazz sensibilities came from saying that I could play guitar when I couldn't and being <laughs> in the school jazz band and, uh, just like, sweating profusely trying to figure out what the heck was going on and i and i uh, learned a lot of like jazz chord structures doing that just like trying my best to stay you know at least like four steps behind everybody else mm -hmm. yeah it's um i asked you know because like i i feel like i was giving uh my my mom a hard time like not that she listens or anything but um to be fair like i listen to like i learned to play guitar like just by just 
really just making noise, like just making noises and just mm-hmm. trying to find stuff that I thought sounded cool. I thought that like, you know, you should, you should learn how to, um, play chords and stuff just so you can not look like a fool in front of people. But what I was really interested in, how come like, how come like a harmonic sounded the way it did or whatever? How do you make these, like, how do you replicate these sounds that you make by accident? And Mm -hmm. like, I remember one time, you know, like she came in and she was like, she was just like, can you just do something else for five minutes? And I, I was like, what? And then I thought back and I was like, I was literally just going like, bang, 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 bang. Like I, I just was like with my hand, like sort of muting the strings and just going like, bang, 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 like just making obnoxious noises. And I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is, you know, dating myself, obviously, but like, yeah, it was, it was, it, it was a small town in, in, uh, Southwest Florida. Like, I don't even know if there was anywhere where you could get a guitar magazine, at, you know, near me. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like, like my graduating class was like non-existent, you know, it was like just small town, like through and through. It's not like that anymore there, but like, um, yeah, I mean, it was like when I started playing guitar and there was like, you found out that other kids play guitar, like you didn't even like them. You just, all of a sudden you were their friend, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, well, you play guitar and I play guitar. So that's cool. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I, I, I had a, a, a group of friends kind of like that, or, that I got into, they, they were like the death metal kids. And they were like, you play guitar? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you play guitar? That, that kind of thing. And then we jammed. And I was like, uh-oh, I have no idea how to play death metal. And they're <laughs> like, uh-oh, I don't know what how to play anything like what they're what this man's doing there either. So yeah. it was funny, but we, we all um, kind of tried to do a band anyways. And uh, I think it was probably pretty interesting. I mean, I mean, we didn't record anything ever, and it didn't last long, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting like how um you how you can like look back at stuff like that and be like wow, I wish I had the opportunity to go into something that bizarre like with like a a, to- a token of like the insight that I have now or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. there was this one time when you know, like my friends and my friends and I, like we were playing and we were very much just like, we just sounded like bad religion or something, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and this, this guy, I mean, we're like 17 and this guy who's like 25, like, I don't even remember how this guy, like got one of our phone numbers or whatever, but he like came to like audition and like he kept, insisting on calling in an audition and um and he had like a five string bass and he was like like aside from the fact that he was not playing anything that any of us liked like whatsoever it was obvious that he was like way above us in like talent you know what i mean but he was like he came in and he was like basically like what if we tried it this way and we were like 
you're supposed to just be like learning our songs, like you know what I mean. <laughs> but it, but it's like, yeah, I I think about that every once in a while. I'm like, you know, seventeen uh, year old me wasn't ready to have that conversation, you know. But I wonder, like, it would be cool to like have that on like a demo reel somewhere, and just to just be like, wow, that guy was really playing some weird shit and like mm-hmm. i'd probably <laughs> fuck with it now you know i'd probably yeah. be like that, that kind of works yeah that would have been like we wouldn't have we wouldn't have just been a band that sounded like bad religion anymore like it would have been something weird and you know whatnot maybe it wouldn't even have been good but it would have been it have been weird it'd been interesting you know mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's um i don't know you know hindsight and all that but yeah. um yeah so um like you're playing shows and you know you you were already like doing like you know having your hand at booking and stuff like um w- like what band like what band situation were you in where you did like start like recording like material and stuff and what were those experiences like uh so i was a band called the jacob spindell and that was also in Fredericksburg. And uh, that was the first time recording. I mean, I, I spent most, uh, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to record myself and it was terrible. And uh, I, I've got a lot, or I had a lot of really bad recordings, but the first time we you know, paid somebody uh, was in Fredericksburg. And, and it definitely, like they, they are really talented. Uh, I, I know them now still, and I think they're making soundtracks to video games now, but at the same time, they weren't the right person to be, um, recording, which Jacob Swindell is kind of like, a. it's like in the vein of locust hardcore where, where I think we weren't quite as spastic, but, you know, and we had, you know, the DBs going on and stuff like that. But, um, it was a little strange, but and super heavy. And uh, I, they were, I think, used to indie bands, um, and they, they everything sounds kind of like interesting, but not good uh, on there. But we were playing with like um, into the mode, and and uh, Russian circles came through, and um, shoot. Scarlet and uh, just kind of like weird and uh, nasty chord breakdown kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I think we got, I got serious about it in Dumbwaiter, um, which I'm in a couple bands now, but Dumbwaiter uh, had a friend that was records the Richmond Symphony and, uh, or not Richmond Symphony, he put uh, the Richmond Ballet does the music for that. And okay. He's, uh, I was running a venue in Richmond that had a really large and wooden room and he had all the right gear and actually knew what he was doing with everything and, um, made our first record and, uh, it came out super well. And then we kind of, um, kept on going with him until, uh, finally going to developing nations in Baltimore and these, kind of known for the like really uh, aggressive like power violence bands uh a lot of like east coast like magruder grind full of hell kind of folks and 
uh, dumbwaiter being kind of pigeonholed in a, in a math rock kind of sense. Um, we're really trying to show that like, yeah, we, we actually are really into heavy music uh, as well. And I think like going with someone like that was, would make it easier for us to be in the studio and be like, I'm going to make like, uh, we're going to go, you know, do this breakdown with a couple octaves down and, and make the screechy thing happen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for that person to be like, yes, if you break a speaker, I hope we like got the right take kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really like, I think it, I feel like we came into our own skin with um, people behind us like that. What album was that that you like made the jump? Was it the, with, with the newest one or? We have, uh, so Tisk we released okay. in 2020 and he recorded that. And then he also recorded the Gauss Gists, which isn't out yet, but it's coming out in June. Right, right. Yeah, I I, um, I, I was uh, listening through the, uh, the first couple albums today and yeah, they had a very consistent quality and... Um, I think, you know, I've, I had only heard the, uh, one song off of Gauss Gist, but like, um, I was like definitely sensing like, you know, like darker tones and, and, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, side note, uh, my children really liked the al- like albums that I was listening to. <laughs> they were like, this is pretty cool. What is, you know, like, this is wild, you know? And I was like, yeah, you know, like, um, Y'all would like some some uh, some heavy music with some Danny Elfman shit in it, you know. It's just like that. I raised you right, you know. But um, yeah, um, I mean, the only like I was trying to think like because I feel like I uh, I feel like I'm like oh I'm on the cusp of explaining this band to someone really well, but I never got there. But one band that we played with a really long time ago that uh, played my house was this band called Silencio, Ahora Silencio, like, hmm. um, they have an, they have one LP as far as I know, it's called Dead Kings, and, uh, yeah, it's fucking great, it's, um, I'm writing it down, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it, and, um, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, mostly instrumental, um, with, you know, every, every once in a while, uh, somebody will just yell something, you know, randomly, um, but yeah, like, a lot of piano, a lot of really like intricate breaking and stopping. Like, I mean, just one of the most intense bands I ever saw live as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, you know, um, so your first album came out in two th- 2013 and then like already by 2015, like y'all were doing an audio tree session. So uh, how does that come about exactly? Uh, we were super active. I mean, we're now trying to get back into it. Um, back when we first started, we had a lot of momentum and, um, I think a lot, I mean, we were playing as many shows as possible and going on a lot of tours and we did a South by Southwest run and we're trying to applying to all these festivals and everything. I think a large part of it though, was being the, the booking guy, and uh being like okay well i'm gonna book this band and then occasionally being a little brat and being like but i'm also gonna play it and uh i think that helped quite a bit and it's like 
the perception is, is that we're doing well for playing with <laughs> better bands. But uh, we, I, I forget. I think I think I just asked Audio Tree if we could play, and we were headed up there, and they were like, "Sure." Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, shoot your shot, right? Like, yeah. Because what's the worst that's? I mean, I do that all the time, and then I feel like a fool because I'm like, <laughs> I, I like. Well, I will hit somebody up like I like I'd love it if you come on the podcast or something and and I and like I I see that they read the thing and I'm like uh okay, yeah, I get it. Uh, uh, yeah, but, I mean you it, it's it's hard but I feel like being in uh you know, being in a band if if you're pu- pu- you know, doing anything really if you're pushing it, you're just going to send you know the ratio is going to be like one email return for every like 300. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it's just like, whatever, you know, what What's the difference between if you didn't say that and if you did, you know, Yeah. like yeah. nothing. Um, but yeah, like what was that experience? Like as far as like playing there, like um, were you like, were y'all like super stressed about it? Like what, no. what's the situation when you get there? Like how much, like prep and like run us through like what that was like uh it was terrifying and you know i i've played so many shows and been doing it for so long and and still you know still i'm playing in you know play in front of 10 people at this show and you still got like get kind of nervous and uh i just i don't i always thought it would go away but i i i starting to accept that it just like never goes away uh you know however many people you're playing for and uh i think that audio tree we practiced a bunch and played a lot of as many shows as we could and uh i remember like the contract is something like you you can't it's well it's live and then they they double back and they post it everywhere and i think they maybe like added a little bit here and there mm-hmm. uh, for posting it back. But I think part of the, the stipulation is that you can't erase anything. And if you do want to erase something, you know, th- um, just to get rid of the track, they're, they're, they're going to like charge you money because you're producing the content. They're giving you this session for free, but they need the content. And so they're not wasting their time with anybody who's, you know, gonna be like, I don't want this content to go. Yeah. So, it, and then you get in there, and there's like records on the wall, and there's this super nice studio and cameras everywhere, and people who know what they're doing. And it's, uh, yeah, I think it was like maybe uh, ten in the morning, and I had a shot of whiskey, which I don't usually do. Uh, pretty, pretty stressful, but I'm, I'm glad that we, uh, are did it, and I'm glad that we like look for stuff that makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, um, it's always seemed like such a, uh, like every, every, when, when you watch one, everyone seems so laid back and stuff, but it's such a like professional environment and just like, um, knowing like that it's not just like any other show where like, it's gonna be partially like indecipherable like you know like that amount of clarity is like 
um, oh, yeah. intimidating. You know, you're just yeah. like, we cannot mess up. It it will be like a just just like a lighthouse going off. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know, like, if someone, you know, was just like, at some point, like, hey, why don't you bring your shitty screamo band on here and do one of these? Like, I, I don't know. I, you how, should hit them up. <laughs> I don't know how can I even hold it together. Just be like, uh. <laughs> uh it, it, it's hard, but you know, you know like, I we the dumbwaiter definitely accepts that we mess up. I mean, we're all over the place and. Uh, and we accept that, like, yeah, a good show, we mess up, you know, ten times, and the part part of it's just like steer, going forward and being like, you know, whatever, next part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we definitely messed up in that session, and I was freaking out in my head, but and I, you know, you know, there was a moment when you're like. I can't think about this. If I start thinking about it, then I won't be able to stop thinking about it. Yeah. And I, and I remember yelling at myself it, it, you know, during playing and being like, you know, cats, whatever, just anything else. <laughs> just, <laughs> please don't think about what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't let the train go off the rail, like all the way. Just one little one bump doesn't have to derail the whole thing. But uh, Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, uh, so you know pretty much like since 2016 y'all have had an, an album the uh, drop like every two years um is is this just about like uh par for for your songwriting like process it's just like you know work on these songs like um or is it is it more or less calculated than that uh well the 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 last one in, uh, that we released in 2020 was kind of like we do we do PR with it and it was a big push and everything and it was done and then we couldn't do anything and uh, oh, right. we were like well let's do it again and uh, it was nice I mean it, it, that was the one boat of people that we were like everybody be responsible there's like a mental like a mental health thing happening here that i like need to play music with you all once a week and that was like the only thing that any of us ever did uh, during lockdown mm -hmm. so it's got our own little boat and we were able to like i think um refine what we were doing and write a lot and it was uh helpful but for the most part i think that you know, outside of that happening, will probably take a lot longer to do the next thing. It's just uh, 
too much work during normal life to have a super calculated album come out uh, every two years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like before y'all were just doing it because you were like, you're, you're younger and you're always like on the road and, and stuff like that. Or, or like, um, or do you feel like the songwriting has just developed to a point where you're more meticulous about things? I think, um, we're more meticulous and, and simpler as we go. And I, um, simultaneously, and I think that we're going to, I feel like the, the last two albums are like, uh, siblings almost. And I feel like the next time we do something, we're going to, uh, maybe, break and evolve from what we've been doing for the past two. And I think that that might, may, who knows, maybe it'll just, we, we've been trying out singers uh, ah. and maybe just like something that like that, maybe they just like fit in perfect and it doesn't take forever, but you know, there's a big part of me that thinks it's just going to take forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember um, hearing it, uh, not not an interview, but hearing about an interview that um, uh, someone from Pelican uh, did, and they were talking about the reason that they never got a singer is because they tried other singers or um, they tried singers, and they were like, well, this person makes us sound like this kind of band or that person makes us sound like that kind of band. And they thought that it changed the... the, the um, dynamic of the music so much and like it you know it rightfully would um that mm-hmm. that that they would fall into categories that they wouldn't be able to escape from is that um is that like part do you think that's part of your like desire to find a singer is you you mentioned wanting to have a departure from the last two albums so are you looking for something specifically that uh, that almost forces you into a certain ca- certain category that you otherwise wouldn't be in or is it just like when we find the right person we'll know I think it's when we find the right person we'll know and I think we're also open to like uh like having guest like dumbwaiter and this person oh, uh, yeah. for an album I'm, I, I think I'm more interested in finding a singer, but maybe, you know, maybe we find someone that's perfect for what we're doing right now. Um, I don't know. I, I, I definitely, you know, will know when we hear it, I think. Yeah. And I don't know what that sounds like without hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's always like a, an, uh, an interesting like idea like uh for for like a a band like you all to like you know you could really take like you know the biggest um thing that i can think is like um the difference in dillager escape plan between like you know mike Patton and like the mm-hmm. singer uh, prior to Mac, Mike Patton, you know, like what a, like, it's like night and day, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, 
yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, um, you could have someone that just, you know, shows up and, and it's just like, uh, some, some kind of death metal, you know, thing, like mm-hmm. some kind of vo- vocals like that, that would work. Some, you know, just regular like screamos singing, you know, would work like some, I mean, like shit, you know, somebody sound like they're trying to be an Iron Maiden could work. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, like, I, I mean, I'm not like saying like, this is what you would think, but it, it would be pretty wild to just like, be like, don't send me any references. Like, just show up. Just show up and do <laughs> yeah. what you do. You know? I love that. And just and just be like, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, uh, hit it. You know, and just and and and, and be surprised. You know, like uh, that'd be that'd be fun. But um, my 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 drummer just we the, the first time ever live. Dumb waiter hat. We played a uh, show with Soul Glow, which was super sick, and uh, and Listless, which uh-huh. Listless is from here, uh-huh. and uh, we just played that. And we don't we haven't played a hardcore show in a while, and I was super stoked to play one because I feel like we fit in, even though sometimes I don't feel like we fit in, uh-huh. and. Uh, and this was also the first time, and I feel like my drummer was like emboldened. He was like, "I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do my screams." And like we were getting into it, and he, and he had a mic there just in case, and he, and he got into it. So maybe he just like starts, starts screaming more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, those bands, like uh, both those bands, are just like filled with great people too. And and like, yeah, I mean, um, there's, yeah, there's, I mean there's no reason for me to think that like that kind of show wouldn't like make people just be like, if I can do it anytime, I can do it now. Cause you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, the energy's there. Yeah. Yeah. The bands, the, those bands just go so hard and like everyone in the bands is like super supportive of, uh, what's happening, you know, across all kinds of, uh, musical, genres subgenres or whatever so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure um so do you is that like is is that going to be one of those things like in addition to like having people come and and try out like the drummer's just like yeah this is this is fun like this could be something that you know he was in a um a grindcore band where he he used to sing called street pizza and uh he did like this spaz, like kind of singing. Right. And we've tried the thing out a couple of times and it, or, and it hasn't worked, but, uh, it, it worked his like more screaming thing, uh, the other night. I, 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 I'm like, I just, I'm open to just any other voice really. Yeah. Uh, other than the what, cookie monster. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe the Cookie Monster works with another oh, yeah, thing sure. going on, but by itself, like I feel like that instance when you have the the like uh, Cookie Monster thing, it's like one of several voices where they're like, you know, sure. going back and forth, sure. and to just have the Cookie Monster was uh, jarring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can is it could be more uh, of a feature in then like yeah it's not i wouldn't necessarily say that it's suited for like um long like long form 
like mm-hmm. you know uh, sort of like music with like a narrative feel you know it's more yeah. like I mean the way it's the reason why it sounds the way it does is because it's like expressing this like urgency you know not like not like a uh, like I said you know something that's more um, operatic in, in scope yeah. or whatever you know um, uh, a lot of the uh, heavier stuff I'm getting getting into is that like no musicality f- fast stuff yeah. uh, and that's perfect for that and I definitely understand this like I'm like I'm barely able to get this out because we're going you know we're going for it <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like that that vocal actually is like surprisingly hard to do for some yeah. reason like it, it always sounds like but but it's really just someone like just torturing their lungs like just <laughs> as hard as you can, just straight from your lungs, and um, yeah, just just hoping that uh, you know no one wants to play that that extra um, two or three forty second songs. You know, <laughs> yeah. just like no, we got twelve minutes. That's all I. Right? <laughs> oh man, it's like a like a like a a video game when uh, you're floating out in space and this is all the oxygen you have left and you have to. You know, um, finish the uh, mission before before you know you game over. Uh, but um, yeah, so the the new album does come out uh, next month. It, now, is there a release date? I just saw like June twenty twenty two. I didn't see like an actual date. Uh, June twenty. Oh crap! Twenty uh, six. <laughs> Oh, 24, 24, 24. Oh, okay. One day before, uh, our new album comes out. Oh, ours coming out on the 25th. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That'd be, a, that'd be a good week for music. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm saying that like, you know, like people are going to, people are going to, um, be, be, be rushing to, to the, the the seventh screamo album that uh i don't know i've uh, got my fingers crossed <laughs> yeah no it's gonna be good it's gonna be fun um now um what what was the uh name of the song that y'all did the video for um i think so were you watching somebody run through walls yes Okay, so that hasn't come out yet, but it's coming. Oh, okay. And uh, oh, I got the sneak peek. You got the sneak peek. Oh, yes. And it's uh, it's me running through through walls over and over again, and and uh, I didn't think it was that emotional. And when I edited it all together, and then I looked back at a couple months later, and I was like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Okay, so you (laughs) you you did the video as well. You like. Um, directed it, produced it, uh, edited it, and stuff as well. Yeah, we we have a we have a we did an inter of like a mock interview that we just released. That's for lack of a better explanation, like a bad Tim and Eric TV show. Okay. Uh, and I am like really big on uh, videos, and I have we have uh, I'm get together crews and try to figure out how much money I can spend. And, and, uh, I work for a, a company that does lighting and trusts 
work for different um, trade fairs, art fairs and shows and stuff. And they have a space in Orlando. And I was like, well, they uh, have the lighting already there. And my friends are down there with cameras and I'll just uh, build some walls and run through them. Okay. <laughs> but, and then my partner, Adrian, uh, they're really good at, at making costumes and they kind of do a lot of the costume design. But Dumbwaiter has a, a ton of um, pretty wacky videos. I think we're getting more curated and, and serious about it um, within the last uh, album. Now, was this all like I I can't really I can't really tell or I or I just am not remembering it a hundred percent clearly. But like, was this all one shot? Like, how did you set this up? Because it's like you know, like you described briefly, it's like you're running through like these um, like sections of drywall. You're just running through them and seemingly like in a straight line one after the other like how did you arrange all that and like how was that shot and stuff i was um well in an ideal world there were was going to be as long as the camera can see walls and then also me running through those walls and mm. then also behind that a line of people uh, to run through those walls I mean, not actually run through the walls but be ready to run through the walls uh, kind of like a like a modern uh, myth of Sisyphus, but like less time in between reward. You just like go through one thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the, idea, the ideal situation, but it costs like several thousand dollars just to get a couple walls going and the right equipment and everything. And also like you have friends that will help, but at a certain point, like you need to pay people and it's just like, gets too crazy. So, it's I forget how many walls it is, but there's a cut that I'm uh, super. Let's see, it cuts halfway through it, and then we rebuild the walls, and I run through the same walls, and okay. then as it's panning back to the person who's waiting to go back through walls, there's a cut that I'm super proud of because <laughs> it looks seamless. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, that was. That was uh, like last June, I think. It was almost a year ago, and it's about to come out that we recorded it. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, I mean, um, now that we know how the sausage is made or whatever, you know, it's, uh, it, I could see. And it, I mean, not only like, is it more practical, like financially and time and, and whatnot, but like, um, you know, just like as far as like, how much drywall can you really buy? And like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know, like you said you did it a year ago, so maybe it wasn't like what it is now, but like, Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, I mean, just like, um, <laughs> I can't imagine like 40 pieces of drywall and like, you know, and every two by fours were like $12 a piece. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to just build all that, but yeah, that's awesome. You're able to just like, stitch it all and make it look like several unique um encounters or, or whatnot um yeah I, I have a problem where i i spend all my money on the music and then when i'm done spending all my money on music i spend all the rest of my money on film yeah <laughs> and uh it's just like a never-ending uh 
uh, pit of money that I throw all of my money <laughs> into. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, um, I don't do anything else. So sometimes it's just like, uh, okay, that's that's my thing. You know, like if I if I uh, put out a record and it costs a bunch of money or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like. Well, I don't do anything else. Like, I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke, you know. I don't do any of that mm-hmm. stuff uh, anymore, you know. Um, but, uh, like, so, yeah, I don't know, you know. Um, yeah. And no, I'm, 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 I'm complaining about it, but I'm not complaining about it. Like, yeah. I, I, I love it, and I will continue to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm... I'm pumped about it. And you, I think I, I feel like I would be so depressed if I didn't have, like, a thing to dump all my money on like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i i want i, I want to I, I need to test out new pedals and check out amps and get the right light yeah i mean i don't know it's an outlet you know and, mm-hmm. and it's more than one kind of outlet like in your case you know it's a a uh, a musical outlet a a creative like visual outlet and mm-hmm. oh that's really cool like i i um I, tr- I tried to make a video. Well, I mean, I did make a video, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it is just what it is. I filmed it on an iPad and I edited it on an iPad and I was like, well, that's a video. And, um, that's sick. I, I mean, feel like everybody should be doing that. I, I mean, <laughs> I just, I just thought, you know, it's like one of these things where it's just like how I'm, I get on here every week and I tell people like, who gives a shit? Just fucking do what you want to do and don't worry about if it sucks or whatever. Like, who fucking cares? Yep. And mm-hmm. and with certain shit, like, I just did not put my money where my mouth was, you know? And I was like, well, it's time I just made a bad video. If I make a bad video, it's it's bad. Whatever, you know? Um, but, uh, you know. I feel like, like every time you do one, though, you get, you get, like, a little bit of knowledge how you could do a little bit better next time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, you, like, I don't know, you feel... You might feel weird about something like the first time you might feel like, oh, like, um, like, you know, you had, you have sort of like a, it, um, you said you had lots of videos and I saw like some thumbnails. I was, I was, I was eating dinner, so I wasn't like watching, um, any of the videos on your, like there was one, um, that was sort of in a thumbnail. Uh, I can't remember which album it was. Um, maybe it was on heck on the band mm-hmm. camp for heck, but, um, and you know, it's like, so, but, um, in your newest video, like you had, there's a very, like, um, you said like, it's you running through these walls, but there's a very like, okay, I'm not talking about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross or whatever, but it, there's an acting quality to it. It's like, okay, I'm this person that's doing this. This isn't me. Like I'm, it's acting. Right. And so, there was like stuff like that I thought, you know, I want to do this in this video, but I was embarrassed about it. I was like, because that's just me and everybody knows that's me and whatever. But it's just like, why was I embarrassed? Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, like I should have just done whatever I, like I wanted to be, I wanted it to look like, 
I was like, oh, I want this to look like Silent Hill or whatever. Oh, I should put on like bandages and I should do something. I should do this or I should do that, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I didn't do it because I was too self-conscious. But it's like, who fucking cares, you know? Make a bad yeah. video. Who cares? You got to reshoot. Yeah, <laughs> reshoot. Do I, it again. Yeah. I've been, I've been, th- I've been thinking ex- exactly a, a, along those lines. I, I, if you look at a lot of the videos, uh, they all have masks or co- like costumes that completely cover the mm-hmm. the body. And I think the next step uh, for me, uh, I'm trying to find a way to to um, unmask people, and uh, I think it gets a lot harder. Uh, when you don't have like this, this thing, you know, when you, when they're like, Oh, there's Nick, Nick's mm-hmm. like doing a thing. And whereas the mask that can like easily be whatever I think needs to happen. Yeah. But I think that the heck video you were talking about too, is I, I think that was a spandex suit, uh, I, uh, that, that we were just going around dancing in spandex suits and, and I like cringe at that video now, but that's like what you're talking about. Like you gotta, you gotta make the video. Yeah. You gotta make the- yeah, for sure. Um, so before the new album comes out, uh, what can you tell us about? Like, well, like, what do you want to tell us about the album and like, where should people be tuning in so that they, you know, get, get all the info they need to, you know, um, keep up to date on, on it. Uh, I've got to make sure I'm getting the Instagram handle right. <laughs> uh, at Dumbwaiter Band on Instagram is where we we're posting everything, uh, and then our our Bandcamp. We're not very good at any other outlets other than that. Uh, the The new album has got little leaks. Actually, tomorrow. I don't know when this when you're putting this out, but tomorrow, uh, May third. Okay. we'll have a, a single out on you know sp- everywhere spotify and everything from the upcoming album um uh we are tr- we're crossing our fingers for a couple tours in late uh summer and yeah that's that's basically it we're playing a lot of richmond at the moment getting our gears going before we venture out too far And that was my conversation with Nick Kreider. Thanks so much, Nick, for taking the time to chat with me. I gotta say, finding 30 seconds to a minute from a track from one of these songs to encapsulate this band is pretty difficult. It's a really wild band, and definitely you should take the time to find them on Bandcamp and listen to an album. Until next time, take care and do good things. (laughs) 